welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We are back. Real Estate Coaching Radio with your host, Tim and Julie Harris. We have a lot of interesting announcements before we get to today's topic. The first one um, is that those of you, uh, well, you know what? This is less of an announcement and more of a maybe a calling for some of you who are in Austin, Texas. I'm looking for a really fantastic agent, ideally somebody that's going to be part of a successful small brokerage that would like to appear on a panel that Inman News is hosting um, here in Austin where you'll be with uh, two other top producing agents also from Austin uh, discussing a lot of the things that we talk about on the radio. So this is something that's sponsored by Inman News. Julie and I are actually doing this for Brad. So um, if you are interested, I want you to email me directly, and my direct email address is tim at timandjulieharris.com. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We're really looking forward to it. Um, and also, really great feedback on yesterday's radio show. You guys got it. I appreciate the fact that you were realizing that we're not intentionally throwing our hat into the Portal Wars drama and that, frankly, we don't really care about it that much. I mean, who wins, who loses, doesn't matter as long as you guys, the individual practitioners, come out on top. And you guys got that. And I really sincerely appreciate the fact that you are taking away from yesterday's radio show what our core message was, which is essentially be looking at this as either something you need to be taking advantage of, the changes that are happening as a business opportunity, or in most cases, something you need to be reconsidering, as in you're no longer going to be buying buyer leads. Up to you to decide. So the topics of the radio show for the rest of the week are going to be on team building. And I wrote down a lot of great points, and Julie and I are going to do our best to get through all of them today. And principally, what I want you to do is have an open mind about uh, what the assumptions that you currently are making about teams. Um, Julie and I are in the, I would say, camp that small is better in terms of the size of your team uh, and profit is best. And we're going to be kind of going over the, the basic rules or the things that you need to be asking yourself considering on today's radio show. I think I wrote down 10 points. And also, I'm going to give you guys a list of uh, three or four books at the end of today's radio show, which I strongly encourage you to read before you decide to set up a team. Now, we're going to just move forward with you, uh, and we're not going to try to, uh, we're going to kind of be non-denominational as much as we can um, if, uh, if you can open your mind to your, uh, that you are either biased towards teams or against teams. Um, and in other words, you're, have the, you already have the mindset that having a big team is a great idea, or you have the mindset that no teams are a great idea. Set aside those biases, and like I said, be kind of non-denominational about this, so you can have your uh, brain expanded, your thoughts expanded to the opportunities that might be available to um, forming a team, and or you're thinking that the only way you can be successful is by building a team, maybe the points we're going to share with you today will cause you to reconsider that or at least reframe it in such a way that it actually will work for you long term. So, uh, Julie, are you ready? I am. It's going to be a great call. And again, I like that we always try to start off the uh, topic with a mindset clearing. So, 
We're going to be talking about facts and things that are always based on making you guys more money with less hassle to you. So that's where we're coming from. And just open your mind to the different possibilities and then make your decisions later about being pro-team, pro-small team, big team, no team, what have you. So before you form an opinion, it's always good to be informed. So I'm ready to jump in if you are, Tim. Sure. So let's start with the basics of building a successful business. And we're going to try to use the word business to replace the word team, because in essence, that's what you're doing. You're taking on the responsibilities of a business owner and all the headaches associated with it and all the blessings that are associated with it. So we're going to be, as much as we can, interchanging the word team with the word business. And then uh, I'm going to expect all of you to be thinking as business people. Think in terms of you as an actual business owner, not just as a practitioner. This mindset shift is one of the first things that has to happen if you expect to build a successful business and, again, what we in the industry call a successful team. Rule number one, and this is something that all of you have probably been exposed to, um, but we're going to give you a drill down on actually how to make it practical. Always lead with revenue. Always lead with revenue means that you build after you have profit. You build after you have savings, not the other way around. For a long time, sort of the belief when you're scaling your real estate business, you know, you're building your team, the belief was that you add the staff members, i.e. the overhead, and then somehow magically and mystically the transactions would follow. Well, that has proven to be uh, not very smart advice for a vast majority of agents over the years because that has resulted in them wasting time, wasting money, and experiencing setbacks in their cash flow. In other words, they basically were focusing on the wrong thing. They were focusing on building a team opposed to actually profit. So always lead with revenue. Here's the practical advice for you, so write this down. 30-30-30-10, okay? 30-30-30-10. 30 percent to taxes. Let's just say worst case, 30 percent to taxes. Uh, 30 percent to overhead. 30 percent to savings. And 10 percent into a slush fund. Now, why do we say 10% to a slush fund? Because you've got to have some fun. You've got to go out there and, you know, enjoy life. So you have a really big closing, you know, leave some money on the table so you can go out there and waste it and not worry about it. Um, now, some of you are in a position where you're paying down debt. You're doing different things financially, and so you're not quite yet in the position to save 30% yet. And I get that. Um, that's fine. Start out with 10% and then move up to 30% after you've retired the debt. The ideal uh, perspective, the ideal situation financially, the way we coach all of our agents to do it, and granted, I know that this is not something all of you agree with, but we kind of follow Dave Ramsey's rule that your, your goal is to basically have everything paid off, including your house. There's a big conversation that's still, it's starting to boil up again about good debt versus bad debt. Um, think, or see, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad talks about that and all the rest of it. So I want you to ask yourself, this is just common, just a basic question. What would you rather have, debt or no debt? So let's not label it good or bad. Let's just look at it for what it is. What would you rather have, no debt or debt? Of course you're going to go with no debt. So let's just assume all debt is bad debt because all debt is bad debt. Oh, Tim, what are you talking about? I can take out a mortgage and I can have the tenant pay the mortgage until the tenant is uh, vacated the property. Until it's sitting there vacant, then you're making the mortgage payment. Oh, and by the way, while the mortgage payment is, uh, you know, while the house is vacant and you're making the mortgage payment, the taxes go up, the roof needs replaced, and all the copper uh, plumbing has been stolen. Some of you guys know exactly what I'm yeah. talking about. Then what happens? Oh, it turns out that what you thought was good debt is actually bad debt. So at the end of the day, 
you may end up with fewer investment properties, let's just say, so we can put this in, you know, we're sticking with the investment theme here with this point about good debt versus bad debt. You might end up with fewer doors, but the fact is you're going to end up with a hell of a lot fewer headaches. So, you know, there it is. So focus on that and work towards the concept of becoming totally debt-free. Um, strongly encourage all of you, this wasn't going to be on our reading list for today, but if you have not embraced Dave, Dave Ramsey's very practical um, advice about uh, wealth building, but more specifically money management, I strongly encourage you to do so. Everything that Dave Ramsey preaches, Julie and I are pretty much advocates of, so you might want to look into that, especially if you're still in the midst of digging yourself out of a financial hole of any variety. So Julie, what's point number two? Point number two, Tim, is to always pay yourself first. Literally peel off 10 to 20% and eventually 30% of your top line. This is the net commission that you receive on every transaction. Take a minimum of 10% off the top, depending, again, if you're paying debt off and that sort of thing. But ideally, build it up to 30% goes to savings. Now, when we say savings, your savings account is called a savings account because it's not called a spendings account. That means you do not have a debit card against it. You don't even have a checkbook against it. In order for you to take money out of your savings, you must actually physically show up to the bank or visit your safe if you're keeping it in cash, and actually get the money out. It's not something that's a moving target depending on if you feel like borrowing it from it this month to pay for your overhead, right? We're talking about actual honest-to-God savings. And really what comes to my mind, Tim, is unless you're somebody who's already doing this and has built this up, you really have no business spending first, right? This is lead with revenue. Sometimes agents just get in and somebody told them, boy, you got to spend money to make money. Better go charge that up and, you know, sign up for all these different things. You got to pay yourself first or it's impossible to get ahead. So point number two, always pay yourself first and get in the habit, no matter how big or little the check is, to pay yourself first and sock some into savings. Start with 10%. If that's a stretch, start with 5%. 0% is not an option. Make so, sense, you know, sure. The topic is today is how to build a team. And you're noticing that as we promised, we're taking a business approach. We're treating you guys like business people. Because Julie's point is very, very important that you guys got that. You have to take care of yourself financially first. The point of a business, and we're going to get to this in a second, the point of a business, the point of a real estate team, okay, is not to essentially have a real estate team just for the sake of boosting your ego. The point of a real estate team is to make more profit for the owner, to increase your net worth. That's the reason that you're taking the risk. That's the reason that you're going to be burning the midnight oil as you're dealing with the problems that are associated with uh, building the business. Um, that's the reason that you are the one ultimately that has all the liability of mistakes that are made. So at the end of the day, guys, the whole point of all of this is that you are very disciplined about savings, very disciplined about taking care of you and your, financial, your family financially first. So another little rule of thumb along that point is you won't get rich selling real estate. Won't happen. I suppose there's one in a million examples that will prove me wrong. Someone's going to sell the Rockefeller Center you know, <laughs> and be set for life. I get it. Retire. It happens occasionally. We actually knew somebody in Columbus, Ohio, when we used to sell real estate, that did one commercial deal, big one, and basically was able to spin off into another business and essentially retire from real estate. But, as, you know, generally speaking, you don't get rich selling real estate. You get rich reinvesting the profits that come from selling real estate. 
So if you've been in this business for a long time, as most of you have, and you are you know, looking at the balance sheet, you're doing your taxes, you're looking at the numbers, and you're saying, damn, my financial situation, despite all my effort, is not really showing the results, not really showing much of a difference year over year. It's because you need to embrace the concept of paying yourself first and also then accept the fact that with the profit that you're paying yourself with, that you are absolutely positively reinvesting that money because you do not get rich selling real estate. You get rich reinvesting the money you get from selling real estate. So, Julie, what's the next point? Next point, number three, is that you master the core skills of your business, which is often referred to as, quote, the basics, before you can delegate to someone else to do that task. This is something that's kind of strange in the real estate world, right? We don't see this in other businesses. You've got to master the core skills of your business before you try to delegate them, right? So I always think of buyer agents first, right? So an agent that's never used a buyer presentation and doesn't do buyer agency, hiring buyer agents and flooding them with whatever they're calling leads, and then getting mad because that buyer agent isn't closing anything or isn't closing enough, really doesn't even have any business hiring that buyer agent in the first place because how can you hold somebody accountable to something you yourself are not really a master at? It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, right? My favorite one, Jules, is where we get calls from agents who want to form a team, which is fine. We'll help you do that. Mm -hmm. But they want to form a team specifically to hire people to prospect for them, call FISBOs, expired centers of influence, past clients. I'm going to hire a prospector. Right, Mm -hmm. and they've never done it themselves. Right? right, they've never literally done it themselves, so they think they're somehow magically going to delegate that and and be able to get consistent results. Guys, it won't happen. You've got to master the skill yourself. You know, if if there's this is a separate radio show. If there's a secret to being successful at anything in real estate, it really comes down to two things: doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. As you've heard us, longtime listeners will have heard us say that before. And the other thing is, is you've really got to be absolutely positively the best in just you know as pertains to real estate agent agents you got to be the best at this uh, craft you got to be the best salesperson there ever was you have to be the best at objection handling the best at presenting the best at all the nuances that make a really great top producing agent otherwise you're going to have a wishy-washy team you can't just be okay at any of those things and expect to attract to you let alone retain talent You've got to be a true leader. You've got to be the person that they know has mastered it. Otherwise, they're not going to follow you. They're not going to respect you, and they won't stick around. You see some of these teams you know, in, in the industry. We see this all the time. It's kind of tragic if you want to know the truth. You know, they explode building a team, and all of a sudden, it, you know, they, some agents worked their butt off trying to hire, recruit, and train, and all of a sudden, boom, it blows up. And then those agents go off and do something else. Well, happens all the time. Why? Weak leadership. So you have to be responsible for that and accept the fact that if you are not really, really good at the quote-unquote basics, you will never be able to hire, recruit, and most importantly, retain uh, retain talent. All right. Next point, Julie. Next point, number – yeah, delegate but don't abdicate. What do you mean by that, Tim? I mean, everybody goes into this, I'm just going to delegate everything, and then I can sit on the beach and my business will run itself. I mean, isn't that what people believe is the point of a team? Now, we're, we're coaching them that the point of a team is to create higher profits for the team leader. But what do you mean by delegate, don't abdicate? 
you know, it's the abdication word that people don't understand. It's really simple. Guys, put it in sort of a, a Elizabethan uh, queen type environment. So the queen or the king walks away from their uh, responsibilities, walks away from the throne, walks away from the crown, and basically has completely given up their responsibilities. That's in essence what abdication is. So when you basically have a team, you can delegate, but you can't just walk away from the responsibility of the results. Now, another way of saying it is, micromanaging is good. Micromanaging is not bad, okay? So if you guys are in a mindset that, well, I'm just going to hire a bunch of people and I'm going to walk away from uh, overseeing their uh, consistent effort and their consistent results, your business will fail. So here's a little mindset shift, a little bonus point for all of you. Some of you who are thinking about building teams are building teams with the expectation that magically and mystically that's going to free up a lot of your time. Um, So Ideally, that happens, but what inevitably happens is you're going to replace the time you were spent uh, spending uh, working with clients, and you're then going to replace and you're going to uh, substitute it for managing, hiring, retaining, recruiting, and fixing problems that your business has. When you're a business owner, uh, when you're running a team, you have to have constant 24/7 antivirus protection software running in your mind. You don't walk away at the end of the day. You are constantly thinking about the business. You are constantly trying to play whack-a-mole in your head for some problem you are trying to solve. That's the nature of it. And the more staff you add, the more of that type of thing you're going to have. You're going to have, so you maybe are uh, getting to the point where, okay, I've mastered the listing game. I'm really good at taking listings. Julie, I can take a listing a day. I want to start adding staff so that I can delegate other stuff to. Okay, that's a conversation worth happening. Having happened, but the reality of it is, is those of you who think that somehow building a team is going to save you time, it'll save you time from certain activities, but that time will then be spent on other activities. You've got to be really, really clear about that. Point number five, Julie, is a quote from uh, Ronald Reagan, um, and it is: "Trust, but verify. Trust, yes, but verify." That means check what you're believing in. It's kind of related back to your delegate, but don't abdicate. Don't just walk away. You can trust. That's fine. And as long as you've hired good quality people, you should be trusting them. But check them on that. And one of the best ways to do that, I think, Tim, is the numbers because numbers don't lie. So actually be verifying. If you sent your buyer's agent 10 leads that you probably paid for, prospected for, etc., well, You can trust that they were all called, but it's better to verify what happened on those conversations, not just, yeah, I called them, right? So verify. Again, this gets back to actually managing your team. Some of you guys have this thing going on where you don't really like dealing with people. That stresses you out, so you're going to hire a team. That way you don't have to deal with people. Well, guess what? Your team are people too, so verify what they're doing. There's really, If you're building a business the way you should be with the result being profit, which is really the only reason you would want to do this, then you've got to verify that what you think is going on is actually happening. Does that make sense, Tim, with the trust but verify quote? And the blessing of being in the real estate and the blessing of being in the real estate uh, business nowadays is there's lots of systems in place. Back when Julie and I were selling real estate, now it's been forever ago, but in essence, we had to do all these trust but verify systems using paper. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, Nowadays, there's lots right. of cool systems you guys can put in place that are uh, electronic. Accountability. You know? Yeah, accountability that's basically done passively, which is fantastic. But at the end of the day, trust but verify. You can trust 
that your accountant is sending your taxes in on time. You can trust that certain things are being done on time, but you better sure as heck verify it because ultimately as a business owner, it is your responsibility, going back to previous points. All right, so moving forward, now here's another, and this is a little bit more complicated to explain if you've not been exposed to Julie and I in the past, but the question you have to ask yourself is have you been able to uh, reach and maintain your real estate magic number for at least 60 days. And here's basically the bottom line of the real estate magic number. By the way, go back and listen to the radio show replay we did on this. Uh, real estate coaching clients, we have a really, really in-depth series of um, educational videos on real estate coaching essentials that you need to go and listen to. Uh, this to is really in the treasure that. map, too. The magic number is included in the treasure map business plan. Right. So the bottom line is the magic number is the number of listings that you need to have at all times uh, for your basic for everything to work cash flow wise and business wise. It's focusing on listings, which is our you know frankly our core focus with all coaching clients is teaching you guys how to be killer listing agents. So that's an oversimplification of the magic number, but that is the essence of it. So if your magic number is ten, you need ten listings at all times to accomplish your financial goals, your 30, 30, 30, 10 rule, or if you need 20 or if you need 5, depending on your price range, know what that number is. And you have to have demonstrated to yourself that, first of all, you have have to have worked up to the point where you have reached your magic number and you are able to maintain your magic number. So if your magic number was 10 and you're up to 10 listings now, but five of them are contract and you don't have five listings that are about to replace it, you have not yet proven to yourself primarily that you're able to consistently generate the number of listings that you need to maintain that cash flow. I strongly, strongly encourage you not to add buyer's agents, which is the temptation, until you absolutely positively have been able to be consistent with a building and maintaining your real estate magic number. Really critical, kind of a complicated topic, I get that. Anything we can do for you to help you understand that, please go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. All right, Jules, so the next point's a big one, um, and we can just kind of blaze through it. I only wrote down maybe, I don't know, um, the things that came to mind quickly, but there's so many more things. But point number seven is have your systems in place. So um, Julie's going to read off some of the systems you have to have in place in a second. But the idea is that you have to have your business systems in place before you add staff, another classic mistake that most agents make. And, I, and most business owners, for that matter. A matter of fact, I mean, we've talked to business owners. Uh, Julie and I coach business owners that are outside of the real estate industry, and it's all always the same. They want to add somebody, and hopefully, magically, they'll just all of a sudden get it. Doesn't work like that. Mm-mm. You have to have your systems in place first before you add staff. Otherwise, it is going to be a nightmare because then the person is not going to know what their expect their responsibilities are, and you're then going to have to do your job, their job, and make the systems and everything else. The nice things, coaching clients, the nice thing about working with us is we've already created all these systems for you, or we'll tell you how to go about and get them You know, utilizing a third-party service provider, website, software, whatnot, so that in essence your systems can be in place. But Julie, what are the core systems that they need to have in place before they start building their team? Perfect. And again, the point being before you start hiring people, right? So the most important thing, because the rest of it won't matter if you haven't done this, is systematize your lead generation systems, right? So if you can't generate the leads it takes for you to maintain your own listing inventory, how are you going to generate enough leads to keep a team busy? So that seems basic, but there's so many people who figure they hire the team first and maybe magically they'll come with their own leads. No, you've got to actually systematize your own lead generation first. 
It doesn't matter if you have the most beautiful pre-listing package, listing presentation, website, go on and on, if you can't generate leads in the first place. So lead generation first. That leads to having to have great pre-qualification systems, including scripts, right? So pre-qualification systems must be in place. Your listing system, including a killer pre-listing package, which incidentally you get through our coaching, and complete home seller's guide, that's your listing presentation. If you cannot confidently say that when you go on a listing, you will get it, you really have no reason to be building a team before you get great at listing. Next is your client care system. Someone to take care of the sellers while they're listed. Then you've got your closing systems and your post-closing systems. You've got to have staff agreements, contracts, non-solicitation, stuff like that. So this is all, again, before you start hiring people. A staffing system. How do you actually recruit, hire, train, and fire? So these are things to systematize before you go plugging people in. Because, Tim, as you said, trying to do this after you have your staff hired is definitely a nightmare. So these are just a few of those systems, and we could go on and expand that. But be thinking, first lead generation, pre-qualification, listing and buyer presentations, client care system, certainly transaction coordination, and again, the list goes on. So, I'll tell you that wait, one, of the, one, of the, one of the biggest segments of folks that are hiring our company to be coaching, uh, coach for them are folks that have dysfunctional teams. There's a lot of those. Right. And those are, mm-hmm. you know, a team could be a brokerage. A team could be the traditional sense of a real estate practitioner hiring assistants in essence, right? So we get hired in, called in to basically fix dysfunctional teams or dysfunctional brokerages. And the other thing that's kind of fun is those of you who are actually, you know, able to have, you have enough sales velocity, you have reached your magic number, you're very consistent, and you want uh, to essentially have somebody come in and just basically say, these are your systems, this is how it works, this is how one thing works with the other. So that's exciting to see. Uh, do I believe ever that a, that a team will dominate, or teams in general will dominate the marketplace to an extent that there won't be any more uh, individual practitioners? I do not. And furthermore, just to be clear, I do believe in some markets, and especially the very, very upper end, the trend is away from teams. And I can give you guys examples of that, but the bottom line is, is the, um, the very, very high-end user, real estate consumer, they don't want to be felt, feeling like they're working with a team. So a team is actually seen in many markets as a disadvantage. So you need to take into consideration your market and your, your, mostly your seller's expectations. So Julie, the next thing that's really important, point number nine, is, and this is similar to point number, I'm sorry, this would be point number eight, similar to uh, this, uh, point number seven, is have your subsystems in place. So this, again, is something that it's a classic mistake. Subsystems would be your, for example, um, your signs, your voicemail, your website, your business cards. And those are all the types of things. And again, listen to the past radio show that Julie and I did on this. And again, real estate coaching students, we have on Real Estate Coaching Essentials a ton of material on exactly how to do this. But in essence, we call it moments of truth. And that's a term we got from... Uh, Howard Brinton, and the essence of moments of truth is anytime anyone comes in contact with your business, is it consistent? What is the experience that they're having? How long does it take for them to have a call returned? What is, you know, when there's a buyer calling off a sign, what's the experience? 
Are the logos the same? Are the colors the same? Do your signs look like your business cards? Does your website look like your business cards? You guys get the idea. Are, have all the, has all the design work done, been done correctly? Are you using consistent, you know, are you using too many fonts? There's rules with all this stuff, guys. If you want to get uh, the best results, you've got to really do it right the first time. So all your subsystems have to be in place. All your, your, your selling systems and your business management systems have to be in place. Not that complicated, guys, as long as you're open to the fact that there is – remember when I told you a second ago that working on your business or versus working in your business? In other words, when you move from the uh, mindset of I'm an individual practitioner with maybe one or two assistants, I'm primarily doing all the contacting with all the sellers and buyers. Remember when we talked about that versus this? Do you see how this can actually require more time than that? So that's something else you need to be taking in consideration as far as how you actually want your life to work in your business. That is something that if you don't take seriously, you're going to find your business overrunning your life. And then basically things start to come unraveled. All right, so again, this week we're speaking and focusing primarily on um, how to help you guys build your real estate teams. Uh, and we're going to get into the specifics of how to hire, uh, train, and retain, and pay buyers, agents. We're talking about all that stuff this week, so make sure you tune in and listen. Books, your homework from our call today. I have written down one, two, three, four, five books. So, And also in the show description, we're going to try to put links uh, to Amazon where you can download these. So we're just going to give you the titles, uh, write these titles down, or if you're listening in replay, just go back to the show description and click on the links. Mr. Show Producer, I'm sure, is doing that for all of you guys. So, Julie, the first book is a book that everyone should read, regardless of whether they're uh, business owners or not, and that book is? Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And I know some of you guys have read that before. Go back and reread it and reread it six months from now and six months from that. One of the best things that you can go back to. So Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. Let, let me just take a real – Julie and I both reread that book every year. We reread it uh, every year for at least – I mean, we've been married 24 years this year. I bet you we've read that book every year for at least 24 years. I mean, it's that yeah. important. And, and I, you always I love get something interview. new out of it too, yeah. Yeah, I, I love the interview that Brad Inman did with um, Dave Linegar, you know. And uh, Dave, again, this is you guys should watch this video. I found it very inspiring personally. But anyway, uh, Dave had just recovered from a really, really nasty uh, health issue. Um, it was in coma, the whole nine yards. And any of that, um, he was told he was going to be paralyzed. And you know, so what did Dave do? He said, "Okay, whatever, doctors, I'm not going to be paralyzed." And he, and you know, Brad asked him, "So what did you do while you're in recovery?" Four months, I think it was. He said, well, the first thing I did was read Think and Grow Rich. So I thought that was wonderful because there Dave is at the billionaire level, right? That'd be nice. And uh, he's relying on the information from the great Napoleon Hill as well as you should. So the next book we wrote down, and this book's been around for a while. Oh, by the way, Think and Grow Rich, the real estate edition. When you request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com, we'll actually give you a digital version of Think and Grow Rich, the real estate edition, which Julie and I wrote. It's basically the um, uh, public domain version of Think and Grow Rich with our business plan, Real Estate Treasure Map. So you get that free, you know, no strings attached. Just request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. All right, the next book, Julie, uh, you guys just write these down for the sake of time. We're going to go through these relatively quick. But The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. And I, there's a link right there. Definitely want to go back and listen to that or read that. I listen to all of our you – know, Julie and I both listen to books. We don't do a lot of reading anymore. And we generally speaking try to listen to at least one book a week. So E-Myth by Michael Gerber is a great one. That one's been out forever. 
really, really fascinating study into really the E-myth stands for the entrepreneurial myth. I think it's really uh, an honest appraisal of what it really means to work for yourself. Something, again, you want to take a serious uh, look at if you're thinking about building a business, i.e. a team. Next one, um, and this is one a couple students have told me about. It's a long title, but again, just click on the link. Quick Team Building Activities for Busy Managers. That's a great book. There's the link. The next book is one of our favorite books, and this was told to me by one of my – this is referred to Julie and I a while ago by one of our great coaching clients, Mark Shandro. And this book I love, one of my favorite all-time books that's probably the most underappreciated business book ever written, but something – I'm sure it will never catch wind in the real estate industry for a whole variety of reasons, but it's something that those of you who are serious about building wealth should be embracing with both arms. Do I agree with every one of this guy? These, this guy's points in the book? No, but I mean, the essence of what he's saying is so true. It's called Profits Aren't Everything. They're the only thing. Again, there's the link, so don't look for the author's name. Profits Aren't Everything. They're the only thing. Click on the link. In the last book, Julie? Okay, and the last one is The Millionaire Real Estate Agent by Gary Keller. So again, click on those links. And the combination of these five really will do a great job educating you on how to go about plugging in staff members and what are the actions required to do that in a nice, professional, organized way. So let's just round out today's show uh, by, again, clearing the air. We are anti-team, pro-team. No, we're pro-you guys becoming successful based on your own definition. Some of you are going to want to build teams to accomplish your goals. Others of you are not going to need to. I would say a vast majority of you will be as successful as you can possibly be and as happy as you possibly could be accomplishing all your goals um, as sole practitioners with maybe one assistant. If you want to call that a team, fine, call it a team, as I know most of you will. But the essence of it is, is that to your, it, there, nothing, there's, it's not written anywhere that for you to accomplish your goals, you have to build this you know, huge staffing you know, monster with 77 buyer's agents. You can choose to do that if you want to, and we have plenty of clients that have and are building that. Just make sure you're entering into that following the first rule where you're paying, well, the first and the second rule where you're paying yourself first. If you can pay yourself first, if you can pull 30, 30, 30, 10 out of your uh, team, even with lots of agents, you know, in other words, you're saving 30% and you have a big staff and you're still able to do that, then you are doing something right. Congratulations. But the unfortunate truth is a vast number of agents who have these big teams don't pay themselves first. And as a result of that, their before tax profit is usually less than 20%, 18 to 24% of the different studies that I've been read, uh, that I've read, and frankly, most of this, this information has come from my own personal experience as a coach and as a practitioner, and also talking with a lot of folks that have big teams. The expectation is that your profit's going to be around 20% before taxes. And that does not mean that that means no savings. Okay, that means that in essence, all of your money is going to running your business. Um, and you're not really making that much money. You're maybe making a nice, having a nice lifestyle, but you're not really getting ahead. So enter into this thought process, uh, making uh, with a business mindset, making business decisions, and then you can build something pretty uh, remarkable, something that maybe you can pass on to other generations, something you can really be proud of. If there's anything we can do for you, anything at all ever. I want you to go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. 
Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.